You're listening to Radio Boston. Now, let's go back 200 years. It's England. Geologist William Buckland finds something unlike anything he has ever seen, only later to discover... It's, it's a dinosaur. It's a dinosaur fossil, the first. Now, we had to borrow from Jurassic Park, of course, because no one recorded Buckland. But two centuries later, our love affair with and our understanding of the plodding beast-turned-feathered creature has grown exponentially. And we are going to celebrate the bicentennial of dinosaurs today by looking at their presence in New England soil. Because, yep... That is a thing. So, Mark McMenamin is a professor of geology at Mount Holyoke College, and Eugenia Gold is an assistant professor of biology at Suffolk University. I'm glad to have them both back. Mark, welcome back. Hi, thanks for having me on. Yep, and Eugenia, welcome back to you as well. Thanks. Thanks for having me on. Okay, so first, I just have to ask, Mark, favorite dinosaur? Triceratops. All right, and Eugenia, how about you? Archaeopteryx. Archaeopteryx. Okay, so just there, I got to establish, I think I'm still T-Rex even after all these years. <laughs> I know, very unoriginal. Okay, so I want to go back. We're going to start with the 200 years ago. This very first dinosaur fossil, Eugenia, what was it? So the first dinosaur that was named was Megalosaurus buglandii. It was found in England, and it was a partial lower jaw, some spinal column, part of the hip, and some leg. Uh, and I'm sorry, Ohenia. I said Eugenia like three times. I know it's Ohenia. <laughs> I apologize. That's okay. All right, but uh, so uh, Mark, we didn't. We the collective we, right? Buckland didn't know. He didn't go. Oh, this is a dinosaur fossil, right? So what did Buckland think? Uh, he did not call it a dinosaur fossil because Richard Owen had not coined the term yet. So uh, he he thought it was some kind of large prehistoric creature, but he did not know what type. So now we fast forward 200 years and we've gone through a journey, Ohenia. We did think, I mean, I remember I used to, okay, this is going to date me. We actually had a set of actual encyclopedias in my house, Ohenia. And I used to sit and stare at the dinosaur pages and memorize all the different dinosaurs, all of which I'm sure the pictures for were wrong. Because back then, even in, you know, the 70s, we had a certain view of what a dinosaur was. And that has changed, yes? Yes, it has changed quite significantly since the 70s. How? Well, we know that uh, their their portrayal back then was slow and sluggish and tail dragging. And we know now that they were much more active creatures, that they held their tails off the ground. Uh, many of them had feathers and some of them could fly. So our, our pictures of these things have changed quite a bit. Okay, now, so that's our setup, right? We got 200 years since the first dinosaur fossil is found. Of course, we didn't know it was a dinosaur fossil 200 years ago, and our understanding of what dinosaurs is has changed dramatically. Since we started paying attention to this, Mark McMenamin, I've come to understand much more than I did that dinosaurs are present in the New England soil. We can bring this home, can't we? We can. They are definitely present here in the New England bedrock uh, the most complete skeleton is the Ankosaurus polyzelis uh, from the Springfield area, and there are certain to be more of them in the ground. Okay, so tell us a little bit about what an Ankosaurus polyzelis is. An Ankosaurus uh, polyzelis is a sauropodomorph dinosaur. So, Wait, uh, no, I get to say it. I get to say it. <laughs> sauropodomorph. 
Sauropodomorph. Yes. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> go ahead. We might call that a precursor then to the great sauropod dinosaurs that come later in the Jurassic and in the Cretaceous. So, um, okay, so, and this, it, it's, it's big, it's small, it's an herbivore, it's a carnivore. Tell me a little more. Uh, our, our creature was about seven feet long. It walked on all fours and could rise up on its hind legs. Okay, and then we have others, too. You know, I think many of us here in New England became more collectively aware, Ohenia, when we wound up with a, a competition that a state rep held, mostly to get kids more interested in science, for a state dinosaur that wound up being the Podocosaurus holiocensis, and it turns out that was a regional dinosaur as well. Can you tell us a little more about that? Yeah, so uh, Podicusaurus was actually found near Mount Holyoke College. It was found by Minion Talbot, who was the first woman to get a geology PhD from Yale. Um, and she named the first known dinosaur from Massachusetts, which was Podicusaurus. One of the things that struck me about that story, Ohenia, is that there's been one, one full fossil of the Podocosaurus. Is that right? Um. I believe that that's correct. It's it's kind of a rare find. Um, it's a genus of Coelophysid dinosaurs, so it's small, it's carnivorous, um, and uh, yeah, fossils in general are not common. So I'm I'm going to ask a true layperson's question then, Ohenia. One, one's been found. We're talking millions of years ago. How do we know? How do we know? what it is, that it is, that it lived? How do we know from one? Well, a couple of ways. So uh, we find the bones in the ground and the, the rocks can tell us how old uh, that rock layer is. So we know when it lived. We know that it lived because we find its body parts <laughs> and then we can com compare it to closely related uh, dinosaurs based on different features of different bones. We can figure out where it sort of fits in the evolutionary tree of life and uh, figure out thing, aspects about its biology through different features of its bones and who it's related to. So we're speaking with Ohenia Gold of Suffolk University and Mark McMenamin of Mount Holyoke College as we observe 200 years since the discovery of the first dinosaur fossil. And what we're doing is bringing that home to New England. And one of the stories that I find quite interesting, Mark, is that you've actually found a dinosaur fossil yourself uh, on the grounds of UMass Amherst. Tell us that story. Well, I'm in, uh, in paleontology, sometimes we take three steps forward and two steps back. So uh, what we thought was a dinosaur bone, we took into our uh, megascopic um, uh, X-ray lab, after it reopened after the pandemic, found out it was not, in fact, a dinosaur bone. So tell me more. It has a high phosphorus content, which uh, was uh, deceptive to us, but it may lead us to the suspected bone bed that has uh, the, the actual skeletal remains of the dinosaur we're looking for, which is the track maker of the Eubrontes gig giganteus, which is the... Uh, uh, state fossil of Massachusetts. We have its tracks, but we still do not have its bones. So we have the tracks of uh, of a, a dinosaur, and we've never found one of its bones. But we know it's been here because of its tracks, Mark. That is correct. So, like, okay, so just pretend for a second that somebody wanted to go out this weekend and uh, see those tracks 
or mm-hmm. try to help find where one might find a fossil? How would one do either of those things? Uh, the place I would start is the trustees of the reservation site on Route 5 in Holyoke, where you can just drive up, park, and take a very short walk, and you've got a beautifully tilted slab of Portland formation, shale and siltstone, that is covered with dinosaur tracks. You can just see them. You can just drive up there and see them. Correct. Amazing. How big are they? Oh, they um, are generally uh, about a foot, a foot and a half in length. Each, each footprint. Yes, each footprint. And there's a trackway there that spans a number of meters uh, that shows the, the tracks of the Ubrontes maker walking along. So, okay, so again, with you, you Henia, Ohenia Gold here, Mark McMenamin, I am so okay, Ohenia, showing what I don't know about this on this one, because the discovery of it all is fascinating. And I guess one of the things that I've never really thought to ask is, are, are you know, I know what our New England landscape and ecosystem today supports. What kinds of mammals, for example, can live here and can't based on our climate and our forestation? You know, uh, I know that we uh, have whales here that you wouldn't have in the water elsewhere, et cetera. Was that true to the types of dinosaurs over the millennia that could exist in whatever was the climate and ecosystem of the time in this region? Well, it kind of depends on what the, the habitat could support in the in the time. So in the late Triassic, we're having a lot of environmental changes. The the continent, the supercontinent of Pangaea is starting to rift apart, and that's going to cause um, a lot of landform changes, which then change the climate around that landform. So the Triassic was generally warmer, um, and had different types of plants and river systems that supported different types of creatures. So it really just depends on what the rocks are showing us, uh, what the landscapes were like, Um, you know, with this rifting is going to cause these seasonal changes in uh, climate that's going to change what sorts of animals were around. Okay, so let's go back. At the very beginning of this conversation, I said my favorite dinosaur was the T-Rex. Ohenia, you said yours was? Archaeopteryx. And Mark, you said yours was? Triceratops. Could all three of those have been found in what is now New England back in their various days? That's a really no. great question. <laughs> <laughs> Mark, you first, then Ohenia. Mark, go ahead. Okay, the uh, we're talking uh, here in Massachusetts, early Jurassic strata, which is too early for T-Rex and Ceratopsians, uh, such as Triceratops. Uh, whether there was something like Archaeopteryx, uh, which appears in the middle Jurassic, well, that would be a, a bit of a surprise, but not too great of a surprise. Uh, oh, Henia, you might want to say more about that. Yeah, so typically we find Archaeopteryx in uh, rock layers around like Berlin and uh, around the European sort of rock landscape. Um, But it was a small forest dweller. It was probably using its wings to fly from tree to tree or to fall gracefully from tree to tree, depending on who you ask. (laughs) Um, So we would need sort of forested landscape for that kind of creature to exist. Things like Triceratops and T-Rex being the massive 
dinosaurs they were would would require more open types of landscapes or at least less heavily forested. All right. So now let's come back to this weekend because now we've piqued everybody's interest, hopefully, right, in 200 years of dinosaur fossils. Um, lots of cool places in New England, Ohenia, where one can see, and even greater Boston, let's say, where one can see dinosaur fossils and learn more. Where, where could you, where are some places we could go? So if you want to stay really local and just escape this winter weather, you could go to the Harvard Museum of Natural History. You could go to the Museum of Science. Um, both of those have pretty good uh, dinosaur and other fossil creature displays. Um, that's where I would start if you wanted to be very local. Also, the Natural History Museum at Amherst College has some of our New England native dinosaurs there. Um, I feel like Mark can talk a little bit more about that. Tell us some more, Mark. Uh, we, uh, I, I do encourage everyone to visit the Bineski Museum on the Amherst campus. They've just done a fast, fantastic job there with uh, highlighting fossils uh, from our area, particularly in the basement where we have the Hitchcock uh, Trace Fossil or Ichnofossil collection that is just chock full of really interesting dinosaur tracks, including the uh, Pliny Moody track that was discovered in 1802 and was the first discovery of any kind of dinosaur material in uh, North America. That's usually on display at the Mineski. I, I think that right now it's it's out for research at another institution, but it will soon be back uh, to be seen uh, on the Amherst campus. Amherst campus, sorry. All right. And listen, if you're like, wait, I didn't get all that written down, don't worry. You'll find this again on our website at RadioBoston.org. For now, I want to say thanks to our guests. Mark McMenamin is a professor of geology at Mount Holyoke College, and Ohenia Gold is assistant professor of biology at Suffolk University. Thanks for bringing the magic of dinosaurs to us here. You're welcome. Thanks for having us. Great to have you both.